Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whatstowatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 24th of June 2022, including Star Trek Strange New Worlds and Godfather drama The Offer on new streaming platform Paramount Plus. And we'll also be looking at movie spin-off The Man Who Fell to Earth, also on Paramount Plus, and the return of Rowan Atkinson in Man vs. B on Netflix. But first, Ian, what's in the news? Well, Hannah, let's address the elephants in the room first. The podcast is a little bit late this week, later than usual, and that's because of the uh, rail strike. And I went to Birmingham yesterday for a Commonwealth Games launch, and it took me four and three-quarter hours to get there. So that delayed everything. News-wise, Emily Blunt will star in the darkly comic Netflix thriller Pain Hustlers, about a cash-strapped mother who gets a job with a struggling pharmaceutical company in Florida and ends up involved in a dangerous conspiracy. What else is in the news, Hannah? Well, on ITVX, there's a four-part Glasgow set... I'm going to put my teeth back in. Uh, On ITVX, there's a four-part Glasgow set crime thriller, 6-4, um, and this is coming on the new streaming site, obviously, in 2023. And it will star Kevin McKeard as a cop whose teenage daughter disappears. And um, Vinette Robinson also plays his wife, an ex-undercover officer. So that sounds good to me. The big news this week, of course, is the launch of the new streaming service, Paramount+. Plus. And uh, everyone's speculating now about, because people are tightening their belts, are they going to be splashing out on as many streaming subscriptions? We'll see. Anyway, they've got some pretty good stuff uh, on offer, as we're going to tell you. Starting with Star Trek fans, uh, Red Alert. It's a new series called Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And here's a clip. This is your captain. Our mission. To chart the stars. Push the boundaries of what is known. And what is possible. Standing on the surface of a comet. I love this job. So I don't know if you're a Trekkie, Hannah, but if you are, you will know that this is a prequel to the original series in in terms of the time frame. And it centers on Captain Pike, played by Anson Mount. And he was the captain of the Enterprise before James Tiberius Kirk. It's a ten-parter. Now, Pike has featured in uh, various other Star Trek things. He was in Star Trek Discovery. I think he's been in a couple of movies. We start by finding out what's happened to the Discovery crew since the finale of Series 2 of Star Trek Discovery. I hope this is making sense. (laughs) So, for people who watched that, they'll know that that Pike got a vision of his future and he knew that he he would end up being disfigured. Okay, he's in Montana. Spock, the young Spock, of course, is getting engaged on his home planet of Vulcan. And number one is on a first contact mission aboard the USS Archer. And it's her disappearance that brings the crewmates back together on the Enterprise bridge. And their mission takes them to this planet called Kylie 
Kylie 279. Sorry, just watching Kylie Minogue in the Glastonbury uh, programme last night. They're joined by Nurse Christine Chapel, Security Lan Noonien Singh, and Helmsman Erica Ortegas. Okay. Hope you're with me so far. So, this has been compared favourably with the original series. It, it looks very similar, you know, the uniforms and so on. Captain Pike's got very good hair, I have to say that. And it's also back to that kind of different adventure every week style of presentation. I mean, I grew up on the original series and I absolutely loved it. I haven't really followed any of the spin-offs particularly. I mean, we, we liked Picard, didn't we, when we reviewed that? The J.J. Abrams movies have been pretty good. So this looks like an, an, a high-quality new offering to the Star Trek universe. What did you think, Hannah? Would you watch this? I'm not a Trekkie. You, you're surprised at that, aren't you? You are absolutely surprised yeah, at I'm that. Surprised. <laughs> um, I am. But I know that this has an absolute cult following, and I think anything like this is always so difficult to do because, you know, the real um, fanatics will look at the original and want everything to be the same and and actually like you just said it has been favorably compared to originals which is you know which is good actually because um there's nothing worse than it not living up to expectation or it ruining you know something that has been obviously is, is amazing so it's not for me i i it's well done i think that the uh, trekkies will like it because it is it is similar to the original and it is um it lives up to expectation rather than being a damp squib. So I, I think all in all, if you like Star Trek, you'll enjoy this. I just don't particularly. OK, and you mentioned the fans. And in fact, this partly came about because the, the fans were really keen to see it happen. And I forgot to tell you that the first three episodes will be available initially and then it will drop weekly. OK, now, something very different that you're going to tell us about, Hannah. Pretty excited about this. Over on Netflix, Man vs. Bee. There was this bee. I'm Trevor from House Sitters Deluxe. Hello, sweet bee. It's Dad here. I managed to get a job. It means that we can still go on holiday together. Danny, I'll call you back. Oh, okay. Where do I start with this? Okay. <laughs> so, Rowan Atkinson, known for many parts, but particularly Mr. Bean. And I actually, Mr. Bean really irritates me. I do not find it funny at all. It's just the most annoying humour. And this, I know, I know, I know it's out there. But it really irritates me. And my husband thinks I'm just mad and can't understand this. But honestly, I can't watch it. It, make, it makes me brings, brings me out in a rash. Um, so this is no different to Mr. Bean. If you don't like Mr. Bean, this should come with a warning. Don't watch it. Because it is irritating for me in the same way. <laughs> now, it is quite funny in places. However, let's go back to the storyline. So he's... Very, very clumsy, uh, this chap. He's, a, he's landed himself as a, as a, a job as a house sitter. Um, he's called Trevor Bingley. 
and he's very very akin to mr b instead of all limmy and um you know silly walk and just it's already you know this is going to be chaotic this house sitting role that it can't possibly go right and he gets his first job he tells his daughter yeah i've got this job really excited about it etc etc turns up and it's a luxury mansion a beautiful house very wealthy people behind those doors um also arguably pretty pretentious but anyway um they go away because he's house sitting and cue a very annoying bee arrives in the house and follows targets him so he can't swat him he can't do anything this bee will not go away so it becomes man versus bee him trying to get this bee now i don't really need to tell you much more other than the fact that every time he goes to swat it he hits some another very expensive ornament over or goes crashing through i mean it's so mr bean it's unbelievable and it's a catalogue of error which sees him essentially trashing this this mansion all because he's so angry and it and it ends up it culminates in, into him ending up in court and he um he tries to explain it and of course you know you can't as a bee what you know everyone has bees in the house they sometimes they come in but this bee obviously it's an animated bee it's there to get him and that's why it all happened but uh, i some i mean if you like mr bean you're going to like this I, I just found it entirely irritating i just thought for goodness sake just swap that bee and end this end this bees now um it's, it's becoming painful but um ian i, I feel like I, I could be on my own yeah i did like it um, it arrives. It <laughs> arrives on on Friday, the twenty fourth of June. It's a nine episode series. I've only watched episode one. I don't. I'm not particularly into Mr. Bean. I don't have a stronger feeling about it as you. But yeah, I really enjoyed the first episode. I enjoyed Julian Rin's Tut plays uh, one of the one half of the couple that owns this this very posh house. It is different from Mr. Bean in that. Obviously, he speaks in this. He's got a, his, you know, and, yes. and um, you hear about his life and his relatives. And it's not as extreme a comedic portrayal as Mr. Bean. It's a bit more normalised. And I just think it's a very well plotted, very physical, farcical comedy because it starts with sort of minor issues and setbacks. And there's so many instructions for him to learn about how everything works in the house. And there's one room that particularly the dog mustn't go in because it's got priceless things in it. Mm -hmm. And there's like entry codes and so and security alarms. And and there's a huge manual with all the instructions in it. And I won't give away what happens, but he, he kind of things start to kind of snowball. And as you say, it starts with him in court and then we have a kind of flashback. And you see at the beginning that it's, it's basically going to end up with him getting a flamethrower out in the house. So, yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't know, is nine episodes too many? Poss quite possibly. It kind of, yes. I think it's a bit like, um, <laughs> it, it's a sort of thing that maybe the inside number nine guys might do. Because do you remember they had that silent episode that was set in a house very similar to this? And it was too crooks trying to break in anyway that's by the by it's great to see rowan atkinson back it really is i interviewed him for may gray a few years ago and it just it's just so incredible he's such a he's a really quiet serious quietly spoken thoughtful guy in person but he just has this wonderful comedic gift but you know there couldn't be a greater gap between 
his comedy characters and his real personality. But anyway, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it and I would recommend it. Mm, there we go. Now, let me take you back to Paramount Plus, Hannah. There's another very good series called The Offer. It's all about the making of the classic gangster movie, The Godfather. And here's a clip. Listen here, Bob. Paramount is going to come crashing down. We need hits. You've read The Godfather, right? Godfather. Sure, who hasn't? We've been all over town. No one wants to make this movie. So I need you to produce it. Get going. I can't believe you told me you read it. You better read fast on the plane. Oh, yeah, that's big. So cast your mind back. You probably can't, Hannah, because you're too young. Definitely before my to time. 1972. <laughs> <laughs> when Mafia, yes, Mafia movie, The Godfather, uh, of course, starring Marlon Brando and Al Pacino and many other stars, took the film world by storm. This is the story, and it's an incredible story, of how the Oscar-winning movie was made, and it's a 10-part series. So Miles Teller stars he's uh he was in whiplash that great film and he's also recently been top gun maverick so he's a busy bee and he plays the guy who produced the godfather albert s ruddy patrick gallo plays mario puzo who wrote the book on which it's based uh, all about the world of organized crime obviously you've got francis ford coppola is going to come in and direct, and you'll see all the stars. I love it when they the people are playing these real-life characters. It's great. So it's very well done, I've got to say, and it's got quite a nice sense of humour as well. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Now, Matthew Good, who we've talked about in A Discovery of Witches, Hannah, um, he has got a really nice role in this as Bob Evans, who is the boss of Paramount Studios. And Paramount Studios are desperate for a hit, Ruddy really is quite inexperienced. He kind of, he pitched an idea for a TV show just out of the blue. He'd had no experience before to to a network. And they said, yes, and that was Hogan's Heroes. I didn't know about this. And then he goes to Bob Evans and says, look, I want to produce a movie, you know, even though he's got no experience of producing movies. And um, Bob Evans says, okay, do you want to produce The Godfather? Go and, you know, go and talk to the author. P- people will probably know that the, the real life mafia got involved in the making of the film because they were unhappy about the way it's portraying the kind of Italian community. Frank Sinatra was very angry about the character, I think it's called Johnny Fontaine, because he was convinced that this was based on him. And you see Sinatra and Puzo like having a having a scuffle in a restaurant. It's really well done. It looks great. And if you like The Godfather, you'll be fascinated in this backstory. So, yeah, I mean, another very strong launch offering from Paramount Plus. Hannah, are you? is it one of your favourite films, The Godfather, and would you watch this? I absolutely love The Godfather. It's completely um... timeless. It might be something to do with having an Italian husband, I don't know. Watches everything <laughs> yeah. to do with the mafia. Um, I just is he find... connected, your, your Oh, husband? yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, I absolutely like this. I mean, A, I love the film, but sort of seeing behind the curtain, that kind of nose around, and uh, it's just really, mm. really interesting. And I still think it's a, a body that we don't know an awful lot about, um, or, or you know, we think we do, um, but it's com- it's a completely different thing. And when you watch the Godfather, you just put it 
well, it's, it's just a film, it's just a film. But when you actually have members of the mafia involved in talking about, you know, the, 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 the making of everything, the making of the film, how it works, you believe actually how much effort they put into making sure it was accurate and kind of the, the stuff that really goes on that's acceptable in that world that we can't really un- truly understand. So I, yeah, definitely a, a really strong offering. Yeah, absolutely. And there's lots of good stuff. Like for instance, Bob Evans is going out with Ali McGraw and he's like hustling to get her the lead in love story, which was like a massive hit. Anyway, highly recommended. Now, continuing on Paramount Plus, you're going to tell us about a spin-off series called The Man Who Fell to Earth. I was sent to find you. I'm talking to someone from another planet. So am I. Do you have anyone? A family? Children? They are waiting for me if they survived. My planet is dying. So, yeah, The Man Who Fell to Earth. This is um, a a very modern makeover. Now, um, people who are old enough will remember the the 1976 movie and and that starred David Bowie as an alien who crash-landed in the US. And this is a remake of that. It's it's got another one that's got a huge cult following and so has to live up to expectation. And I I think, to be fair, it actually does. It's been very well done. It's a 10-part series and it kind of updates the story. Um, So if you haven't watched the originals, it's fine. Um, I think it will probably create another fan base, which is, you know, the sweet spot, isn't it? Now, British actor Chiwetel Ejiofor, which I hoping I have pronounced correctly, who stars as Faraday, an alien from the planet Anthea. And, and, and he lands in New Mexico to try and find um, a very poor scientist, Justin Falls, just, who's played by Naomi Harris, um, to help him with his mission to save his dying homeland. So this is sort of sci-fi, um, but actually quite scary as well. So when I watched it, I'm not... It's no secret I'm not a huge sci-fi fan, but this this sort of plays with your mind a little bit more and sort of almost feels a little bit more real, even though I'm hoping it never really could be. And so Justin is the very key component in Faraday's mission to save um, this planet Anthea and in turn Earth maybe itself. And so it kind of, you can relate it back to your scenario, I suppose. It's all about being relatable for me. It touches on kind of the, the human aspect, the humanity, love, relationships with the planet, things that are incredibly topical right now too. So um, it, it make, I suppose it makes you, it's questioning. It makes you question things. Um, mentioned a couple of really good actors there as well. Um, and, and it has got a really stellar cast. You've got Bill Nye plays Thomas Newton. Um, that's the first alien to arrive on Earth more than 40 years ago. Um, and that was the role that David Bowie paid in the original 1970, um, 76 movie. So for me, for somebody who doesn't particularly like sci-fi, this gripped me quite quickly. Um, and as I say, made you question quite a lot of things that are relatively topical at the moment. So a, g- a good cast. Um, and I, I think, as I say, it will produce another set of fans as well as keeping the old guard. What did you think, Ian? 
Well, Bowie was well cast in the original, wasn't he? Because there is something slightly otherworldly about his look. Wazza, wazza, wazza. And got to save my planet. Um, and Geo 4 was fantastic in 12 Years a Slave. I mean, he's a sheer quality. And he's very good in this. Uh, and Naomi Harris, of course, uh, Bond film actress. I found the beginning of it a bit odd. It starts off with him. It looks as if he's kind of giving a speech at a conference and he, and and then we're going to flash back to hear his story. And at the beginning, obviously, he's arriving on Earth. He's taking on kind of human form, and he, he he's trying to f- figure out what everything is, how everything works. And there's some quite bizarre scenes. So he's discovered he's gone to get a drink of water from a hose. He's naked, as aliens often are when they arrive on our planets in TV and movies. And he's he's seen by someone. They call the police, and then the police turn up, and and he's basically swallowed about six feet of this garden hose, which they then pull out of his mouth. So I kind of found that weirdly like a kind of very dark comedic piece. And then also with him trying to learn the accent, and he can imitate other people. He you know he can sort of process the the, the the sounds and and reproduce them, a bit like the Terminator can. So. There were some elements that were a bit Coneheads-like, but as you say, uh, it, it's a really good cast, um, and it's a great story. I mean, I didn't particularly like the original film, I must say, and I suspect this will be more engaging. So, yeah, as you say, if you if you like your sci-fi, you'll enjoy this. Now, we've got to that time, Hannah, where you reveal your binge-watchers for this week what have you been tuning into still going with eventing anna um still still uh plugging on there and uh really enjoying it mm-hmm. and also i had a good look at the ascot races i really enjoyed that um seems a bit in the in the past now but i do love to look at some of those outfits they they, they make you laugh don't they nice well i've been watching some of the tennis of course the warm-up tournaments for wimbledon and getting ready for Glasto, which is this weekend, uh, by watching a very good documentary, 50 Years and Counting, all about the history of the festival. And of course, Sherwood continues, uh, which is very, very, very good. Now, we've just got time to look ahead to next week's offerings. So what will we be talking about, Hannah? Well, the eagerly awaited Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon, lands on Now TV, excitingly. Yep, and Chris Pratt faces the fallout from a terrorist ambush in revenge thriller The Terminal List on Amazon Prime Video. So we look forward to those and more. But in the meantime... Watching. 